All right, let's go hour number two on a Wednesday. Just let the Curtis Mayfield wash over you, and it's really easy to do when you're at Jerry World. That giant scoreboard, sometimes you get jaded to things like this. It's been fun to watch the UCF people, the BYU people, uh, not so many Cincinnati folks here till tomorrow, but the Houston folks, especially BYU and Houston because they're a part of today, and so there's some UCF uh, you know, cheerleaders are here, the mascot and stuff. Just watching them watch all of this has been fantastic. It's Chad and Zay. We are live at Jerry World. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, and Zay, as a Cowboys fan, I just wanted to let every other Cowboy fan listening know, I did go pay my respects to the 18-yard line right over in that area where Dak watched the foot go the other way. Oh wow! Why are we bringing that up? It's a sad moment. Well, you got to pay your you got to pay your respects sometimes. It's a huge it's a huge moment, and you got to acknowledge these things. And as you pointed out, we are in the end zone where hopefully Tony Pollard will be doing a lot of good work. Uh, on my way in today, I drive I pull in and I see a display on the front of the stadium, and I saw two jerseys, number four. And number 11, and I thought, now that's the way to sell this team. Absolutely. Dak and Parsons, uh, we are on the field here at Jerry World. Obviously, and there's only two trophies here today, which is interesting. In years past, they've had all kinds of bowl trophies that are associated with the Big 12. So one of my favorites, the Sugar Bowl trophy's been here before. The Fiesta Bowl trophy's been here. But, Zay, it's all boiled down to two. And it's the Big 12 trophy. And it is the national championship trophy for TCU fans. Those are the two trophies you fought for and lost, both of them last year. For Texas fans, there's one of them that most fans are saying you have got to be playing for. That one right out in front of us. We've joked about the what if your mark had to hand it to Texas. But, Zay, if, they, if the Longhorns don't find their way back here, if this is the last time that Sark sets foot in this stadium in 2023, Massive disappointment for pretty much every Texas fan we're talking to. Very disappointing because it's not going to get any easier. When you go to the SEC, you know how tough that schedule looks in 2024. And you think about 5-7, 2021, 2022, 8-5, much better. But University of Texas, that is not the standard. If you don't get over 10 games and you don't win the Big 12 championship or don't give yourself a chance to fight for the Big 12 championship, then it's a disappointing season. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. That's the expectations that you had. That's the expectations that Mac Brown had and et cetera, the people who came before him, Daryl Royal, all of those guys. you got to win your conference championship because you're the staple. When it comes to college football, when it comes to all college sports, University of Texas reigns supreme and it hasn't been that way for over a decade plus when it comes to the roster it doesn't get more stacked than what we've seen in year three for Steve Sarkeesian and yeah there should be nothing that gets in the way of you getting in the stadium and playing for a big 12 championship it's very exciting and hearing the guys this morning on light the tower with Craig and Jeff hearing John A. Barron and his confidence Jalen Ford seeing Jordan Winnington and Xavier Worthy like Xavier Worthy he got hell last year he got absolute hell from the fans from everybody Twitter everybody was lighting his ass up everybody was talking about yo this dude you might as well transfer you change your number to number one you don't deserve to be number one Xavier Wordy he hears that 
he hears that, and he's going to come into this season, especially since he's trying to get drafted this year. He's going to come in this season with a great attitude and with all the weapons that you have around him from Isaiah Nayer, A.D. Mitchell, again, Jordan Wedditon, you got the freshman, and Ryan Niblett, DeAndre Moore, and Jonte Cook. All of those weapons should free up of somebody like Xavier Worthy who was getting bracket coverage all year long. So Quinn Ewers coming into another year, him being confident. You saw how he looks, and he had the boots on, boots made for walking. He's ready to go. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. And this is the year going into the SEC that you have to prove something, and I think Steve Sarkeesian and crew could do that. So today, listening to Sark, there was one word that he said that I, I would be glad to hear if I'm a Texas fan. Craig asked in general about where the team's been, workouts, what are you thinking? And he just said, I've been really impressed with the focus. He just kept using that word, focus, over and over. And the fact that he's bringing uh, two big-time skill guys like that on offense, in addition to his quarterback, and obviously a guy that uh, many people think uh, certainly was the best, big, uh, best defensive player in the Big 12 last year, and, and the media loves him for preseason this year. Just the, the focus of this team should be, you know, it, that seems important to him, but it's going to be critical. Get the focus where you need it to be because every Texas football season is is just built in with these landmine distractions. Just world-class, you can't deny them distractions. How many teams ever go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama for what that scene can be, over 100,000 people, and then would dare to play a non, uh, not non-conference, to play a neutral site game, the quality of what happens at the Cotton Bowl? Right. And, that, and so because of those things, it goes back to what you were saying. It's the danger spots. It's Waco. It's Iowa State. It's at Houston. Hey, Holgerson's waiting. There's all these possibilities of landmines. Texas has to get by. That's where the focus is going to be good. The players look pretty pretty, you know, confident today, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, we know it's never a perfect season. There's going to be injuries somewhere. So with the depth that you have, are you able to overcome those injuries? These last few years under Steve Sarkeesian, he's had his quarterback get hurt from Hudson Card and, you know, to Quinn Ewers last year where Hudson Card had to replace him. So if that happens, are you confident in a Malik Murphy to come in and – pick right up where Quinn Ewers probably left off and hopefully the talent that you have around the quarterback could help I mean I know we talk about all these wide receivers which it's one of the deepest wide receiver rooms in the nation but there's still a huge question mark on the running back room you got five running backs all fighting for time and yeah maybe Jonathan Brooks he might stand out a little bit but CJ Baxter he ain't coming in to sit the bench you know, this former five-star coming out of Florida. You better hope he's not. Right, he ain't coming, that's what <laughs> That'd be a problem. That would be yep. a problem. Yep. But hopefully it's a good problem. If he is sitting on the bench, that means Jaden Blue must have stepped There's up. There's a reason, yeah. That means yeah. Savion Red coming in as a wide receiver, now becoming a running back. That means he might have stepped up. And you think about Keelan Robinson, who you and Ch Chad, you and I, we always talk about what are you going to do with him? Because he's too talented, too athletic, too quick, you know, just he has – quick change of direction to not put the ball in his hands and again all the talent that you have in the running back room Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson both of those guys are playing on Sunday so that's a lot to overcome can Steve Sarkeesian get another thousand yard running back with this core I think he can just who 
That's who it's gonna. That's the question. Who's it gonna be? Right. Uh, a couple of updates here, real quick. Uh, I did get in touch with Justin Wells of Inside Texas. I asked, "Hey, are you here? You want to come over and talk a little bit at one?" He texted me back a location that is not Arlington, Texas, oh. and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I said, "So you good to jump on or no?" And he goes, and then he used a great. This is you can always do this one, right? If you're the guest on. Oh, bad area, man. I am so <laughs> sorry. I am so sorry. Now, if he thought he had good service, I think he'd jump on with us. But Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Nothing but love, Jay Wells. It's all right. That's dog. it. I know That's you're it. busy. None but love. I saw a couple of the other guys from uh, from Inside Texas earlier. Joe Cook, who we have on the show every week, and Ian Boyd earlier. So they're here covering things for Inside Texas. So coming up at 1.15, five minutes from now, it is Sonny Dykes, the aforementioned Sonny Dykes, the man who fought for the Big 12 title last year, the man who fought for all of it, beat a Michigan team nobody thought he could, and then obviously they just got got flat whipped against Georgia. He'd admit that to you. Uh, but how do they re-rack it for 2023? We'll get into that um, is, you know, coming up. Also, a quick update from Wimbledon. The American dream is over for Chris Eubanks. He did lose in five sets today. Damn. But he took him to five, took him to five. Daniil Medvedev got through that one, 6-1 in the fifth. He'll take on Alcaraz in one semifinal. Djokovic is in the other. We might be working our way towards an Alcaraz-Djokovic final on Sunday morning which could be pretty interesting, uh, we will see. Big 12 Media Days rolling on here. So we're talking about Texas and the players. Again, all the players were on with Light the Tower earlier. Uh, it was great to see all of them. All of them look like they're in incredible shape. Yeah. Zay, looks like the, you know, the offseason stuff was good. One of the other things I wanted to point out about Quinn Ewers, you know, there's nothing more important in maybe all of sports than a, a starting quarterback in football. Maybe it's a starting pitcher in, in baseball. Uh, you can talk about some others, but – I always look for what I call the softening of the eyes. If anybody loves the movie Bagger Vance, they talk about look at it with soft eyes. You can tell Quinn Ewers has calmed down. You can tell things have evened out in a good way. His eyes are softer. There's not a, you know, like if he'd been at media days last year, it would have been a little different. You can tell things are a little more under control. Here's what I have to do. Here's how I have to do this. Here's why I have to sit down. Here's who I'm talking to. And it, you could tell. It's, he's going through it a little bit. And then he also mentioned, and Xavier Worthy followed him interviewing the guys. He said, hey, we've grown up together. They're friends. They're roommates. They're going through it. So he's had to deal with that part, but it does look like he's maturing. And then, Zay, I asked somebody that got a one-on-one with Xavier Worthy already today. I said, did you ask about the hand? He said, yes. I said, all right, he's got to answer it all day. What did he say? And he said Xavier's answer was essentially that, you know, it was something he – he said he didn't want to disclose the exact injury, but it's, but it's okay. Right. And then I'm sure today he will also kind of get into to what he had to go through. But we've said this before. His part of it, I think, is a little bit – there's a, a tough sort of almost, I mean, heroic quality to it. If he's going to fight through it, I'm wondering how many people are going to ask the play caller about that today. You know, it's like find a nice way to say, Coach, you admitted – to everybody when you didn't need to that you spent a lot of time throwing to a one-armed man last year yeah you talk about how deep this wide receiver room is i ain't even mentioned casey kane but that's the thing steve sarkeesian like there's other weapons jordan Whittington definitely didn't get the ball enough last year in 2022 why was that right why, you know why weren't you going through which sark you play quarterback i mean byu's here which that might be a little weird for him seeing that cougar here but you know he played quarterback himself so he has to know how do I help my quarterback make the easy throws? And we did not see that at a consistent rate last year. 
to where the last two games of the season versus Kansas and uh, Baylor, they just said, Evan, we just going to run the ball the whole game. We're not even going to put it in Quinn Ewers' hands because mm -hmm. he didn't have the confidence that Quinn Ewers would be able to get it done, and you got to be able to understand the scouting report. If nobody could stop E. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, then those guys should get the ball 20-plus, and we'll see if that happens for the uh, running back room. But, yeah, Quinn Ewers, you're right, Chad. He's just coming in with a different attitude, mm -hmm. and him and Xavier Wordy, those guys being so tight, them being roommates, they got the most heat last year from the fans, from Twitter, from everybody. Like, why are y'all struggling? People were talking about both of those guys getting pulled. People were talking about what's going on with Xavier Wordy and his drops last year. And coming into the 2023 season, that has to piss you off. Because now you want to prove that, hey, last year was a fluke. Yeah. It was an absolute flu. And you went 8-5 and five with all the distractions and all the crap that went that happened last year. A lot of teams will take 8-5, and five, just not here at the oh, University no, of yeah. Texas. Right, not, not, just not good enough. And you also know he's a guy that sat down in, uh, you know, in the chair today with the guys, and he's going to talk to all the media in this thing. He knows who's behind him, too. He knows that, that Manning is in that room with him. By the way, our own Jeff Howe did ask about the picture. About the picture in the locker room. He said, he said, honestly, he said, I didn't know it was even going to get out. I did not know. He goes, but when Malik told us what he was going to do and showed us the idea, we said, okay, let's have some fun with it. But I think you'll like this, too, as a Texas fan. If you're a Longhorn fan, this was the idea. He said they talked about it ahead of the summer, like way back earlier in the summer. They said, hey, let's dedicate ourselves to getting in here on the arms, getting in here with the abs, getting our core strength going, and at the end of it, on June 30th, they, they set the date. On June 30th, before we head out for the 4th, we are going to take a shirtless picture, the five of us. We are going to take it, and we're going to show off what we've done. And I don't even think they thought of it as they're going to show it to us. They wanted to know, right? Because we all can appreciate that. Sometimes you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, do whatever it is. What it is, you take a picture, get a little before and after, that can be motivational. Right. You see it all the time on weight loss stuff. So I think that's what they were trying to do, and then it ends up going out and getting all attention. But he dealt with that question perfectly. Yeah. Had, a, had a smile on his face, real calm about it, and I think he's comfortable with that leaner, meaner uh, version of himself physically, but it feels like emotionally he's ready to be the quarterback of this team. Yeah, there's something about getting in that weight room and then knowing that, man, I feel myself getting stronger, which gives him more confidence to stay in the pocket and make throws. I mean, when he left that game against Alabama and he came back, it seemed like he had a little PTSD when the rush was, you know, coming in in the pocket and stuff. He kind of oversailed some throws just because he was trying to get the ball out of his hands. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, I'm going to take some hits, and if you're confident in your body and what you did in the summer by getting stronger, then you're going to be more confident and sitting in the pocket and making those throws when there's a lot of traffic. So I'm really looking forward to that in the second year for Quinn mm -hmm. Ewers, and God forbid if something were to happen to the starting quarterback, QB1, you got a lot of guys that were also in the weight room that can maybe get it done just they got to prove it by the way uh sunny dykes coming right up and we can just see sunny sitting up there at the table getting ready to go uh with his comments we'll try to bring you a little bit of that uh sunny dykes of course coach of tcu if you're a texas fan sarks at 325 this afternoon so just into the ball don't lie show steve sarkeesian will be speaking to the assembled media here there'll be a breakout session from four to five we're hoping in that four o'clock hour maybe to get xavier worthy on with rod and harge as well get you a little extra x-man 
today, hopefully, since X was also on with uh, with Jeff and Craig today on Light the Tower. So a lot of stuff going on up here at Big 12 Media Days. All right, let's get you a little bit of Sonny Dykes. They fought for the Big 12 title and all the marbles. They didn't get it done, but he's ready for 2023. Here's Sonny Dykes and maybe a question or two. Welcome to the stage from TCU, Coach Sonny Dykes. Coach, welcome back, and we'll start with an opening statement. Yeah, thank you. I'm uh, really excited uh, to be here again. I want to I want to thank the media uh, for being here and for covering the Big 12. And you know, I'm I'm really excited about uh, what's going on uh, in our conference right now. Also, a little bit sad. Just wanted to uh, to touch on uh, the fact that Chuck Carlton's not here with us. Uh, Chuck was um, always did a tremendous job covering the Big 12 from the Dallas Morning News, and and uh, really sad that he's not here with us. And Wish he was, but uh, but certainly appreciate what he meant to the league and enjoyed uh, his coverage over the years and and um, just wanted to to say that. So again, glad to be here, man. This is to me, it's a signal that football season is right around the corner. It's a very exciting time of the year. Um, we're blessed uh, to to be in the Big 12 and in this tremendous facility. Uh, we're blessed blessed to be in a conference that I think. Um, has has proven to be one of the top conferences uh, in college football. Uh, you go and you look at the parity in the league last year. Uh, you know, to me, it was unrivaled. I think that um, there's not very many leagues when any team in the league can beat the best two or three teams, and that certainly is the is the possibility in the Big 12 week in and week out. Um, and so, I think it makes this. This league incredibly unique and incredibly different. There's obviously some changes happening with uh, Texas and Oklahoma exiting the league, but we welcome some really uh, good, capable members that I think are going to make the league better. Um, you know, the four teams coming in have had a, a great history of, of success. Um, I have tremendous respect for all those coaches at those institutions and the commitment of uh, those institutions to to preparing them, uh, those schools to, to go and, and compete in the Big 12. And, you know, the resources those institutions can provide are going to allow those teams to be really successful. They all have a great recruiting footprint, and, uh, and they all have, uh, you know, the things that you have to have in order to, to, have, a necess- or to, to have a strong football program. So excited about, about adding those teams. I just want to shout out to, um, to Brett Yormark and the leadership in the Big 12. Um, you know, I truly believe we have the best uh, conference commissioner um, in, in college athletics. I think his vision um, is unparalleled. Um, I love um, you know, the confidence that he brings to the league. I think he's got a great understanding of, of um, you know, how to position the Big 12 to be incredi- incredibly successful moving forward. And so couldn't, uh, couldn't be any more confident uh, in, a, in a commissioner than I am with Brett. And, appreciate what he's done you know for the league so far and I know he's just just getting started so excited about that and feel really strong about the future of the Big 12 and you know our role in it um, you know last year was a fun season uh, for TCU football you know we came last year and and um, didn't have very high expectations I think we were picked seventh in the preseason poll um, and I probably would have picked us lower honestly um, uh, than, than I think the media did just based on what was coming back and, and the coaching change and, and all the stuff that, that, that transpired. Um, but, man, you got to give our players a ton of, a, a ton of credit. 
you know, we had a good nucleus of players, uh, but what made that group interesting and fun to coach was we were better collectively than we were individually, and that's, that's a sign of a, of a great team. And I think that's what we had last year. You know, when the season started, I felt like we were an average football team, probably, honestly, slightly below average. Uh, we won some games, got a little confidence, hit the, hit the second part of our schedule and started to win some games and became a probably slightly above average football team. Um, you know, won some, some games and figured out how to win, uh, became a probably good football team. And I think uh, at times last year we, we were a great football team and uh, it was a fun ride to go on. Uh, those players, uh, man, their, their level of commitment and their respect uh, for each other was really just fun to be a part of. And it was a hell of a ride and, and something I'll never forget. Uh, but at the same time, we got to move forward. You know, uh, what happened last year is certainly not going to have any bearing on what's going to happen this year. Um, so a big challenge for us. You know, I think that we got a lot of eyeballs on us as we move forward, and that's what you want. You want to have high expectations for your program. You want people to pay attention. You know, I think, um, you know, everybody has slogans for their program. And I think, you know, when you think about TCU football, you know, our deals, we try to be, you know, all steak and no sizzle. And I think that's kind of what we want. Uh, we want to fly under the radar a little bit. Um, and, you know, I think it's a role that we relish. And, and um, you know, we want to overperform and, and underpromise. And so that's kind of our mentality uh, in our program. Let me just say this, too. I think a big part of TCU's success you know, before I got here, um, and, and certainly now, uh, you know, under Coach Patterson in, in the past, was our leadership. Um, you know, I think we have tremendous leadership from the top down. Um, Victor Boschini, our, our chancellor's outstanding. He provides all the resources that we need. Uh, again, I feel like I've got the best chancellor in college football, the best athletic director in Jeremiah Donati. And, uh, and I think we're a great team. I think we share a vision uh, for what we want TCU's program to look like, and, and they certainly provide the resources that we need to uh, compete at the very highest level. So I'm blessed and fortunate to be here and excited about this season. Thank you, Coach. Now we'll open it up for questions. If you wish to ask a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a microphone to you. Please make sure to state your name and affiliation. We'll go to far left, actually straight ahead center. Hey, Coach, Colin Wilson with the Action Network. Uh, last year you had one of the most explosive offenses in the nation, about 27 seconds per play. Now Kendall Bryles comes in, ran a much faster offense for Arkansas, 23 seconds. Are there any high-level wrinkles we'll see with the TCU offense? Yeah, um, you know, we did. We lost some really good football players. I mean, you look, you know, Max Duggan finished second in the Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, we had three wide receivers drafted. Um, you know, we had an offensive lineman, Steve Avila, drafted in the second round. Uh, you know, so we lost some, some significant weapons. You know, the thing I love, though, is the guys that we have coming back. You know, I think it all begins with your offensive line. I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, both of our tackles uh, that are coming back. I mean, to me, that's where it all begins up front. Uh, you know, Kendall coming in, I think he shares the same vision I, I do. You know, I think we're, we come from the same place as far as, as our, our football background in a lot of ways. Um, he wants to run the ball. You know, he wants to be a physical offense that runs the football. You know, and, and I think that's, that's what I want to be as well. You know, I think we saw the value 
in having a, a tough, physical, hard-nosed run game last year and the success we had up front and, and the success Kendra Miller had and Max running the ball. All those things were important to us having the success that we had. And Kendall shares that same philosophy. I think that the offense will look pretty similar, but it truly is comes from a different place. I mean, Garrett was more of a traditional air raid guy and had uh, you know pretty air raid heavy or air raid centric concepts. Uh, Kendall's got a lot of the same things, but probably a little bit more wrinkles maybe than we've had in the past. As you said, um, has a history of playing very fast. You know, our pace of play will be determined by you know what figuring out ways to win football games and sometimes um, sometimes going slow and protecting our defense is, is the way to go to give ourselves the best chance to win sometimes you have to make those adjustments i mean you look at texas last year we go into that game two high-powered offenses and it's three nothing at halftime and so you've got to adapt as you get into those games and you have to do what it takes to win games and uh, Kendall shares that philosophy just like I do, and, and so excited about getting him hired. I think he's a tremendous leader. I think he provides a lot of confidence to that group. I think our players really believe in him. I think they're, uh, they really like the, the system that we're running, and he certainly has a lot of experience uh, you know, calling it. So excited to, to see what it looks like. And you know, the big challenge is always to get the pieces to fit together. You know? And I really like the pieces that we have. You know, we've got some really high-quality young players that I think have a chance to step up. Also some very high-quality transfers uh, as well. And, man, it, that's what makes it fun is seeing that stuff come together. You could see it, the beginning of it happening in the spring and certainly needs to carry over to the fall. But uh, really optimistic about that group that we have uh, offensively. We'll go to the center right. That is Sonny Dykes, head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. We'll talk about those comments coming up. Hopefully get you a little Holgerson and maybe some other coaches as we roll on. It's Big 12 Media Days from Jerry World. Up next, we'll hit that flex segment and talk about a flex story that comes full circle after a year. This is the Horn. Welcome to Paradise. Oh, there we go. A little punk rock going on a Wednesday. Green Day for the kids. Kids, if you don't know Green Day, that makes me old. That just makes me old if you don't know Green Day. Uh, they're old now, right? Those are old yeah. men. What they do you? Because when you think of Green Day, like I'm thinking of Green Day as like a, this contemporary band of mine. You probably heard that song and you're like, ah, those old bastards. Yeah, Green Day, American Idiot. They got some classics, man. They do. They do. They have some that are going to live really well. That one, that, that kind of stuff holds up really well from them. Shout out to Billy Joe and the crew. By the way, speaking of shout outs, I want to give Sonny Dykes and Brett Yormark credit because Sonny Dykes at one point said, shout out to Brett Yormark. Zay, you know what I've never heard at Big 12 Media Days? Hey, shout out to Bob Bowlesby. That never happened. <laughs> Not once. Not ever. Uh, no offense, Bob. But congrats to uh, to Brett Yormark for being that cool and, and swagalicious that one of his best coaches decides to give him that love. Uh, we'll talk about what Sonny Dykes had to say here in just one second, uh, but I wanted to get a quick flex segment in here because I think there's only one name we need to be talking about today when it comes to flex. Let's make it full circle and talk about flex here flex atx for the best high school sports coverage listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com flex 30 is brought to you by brain vault brain vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion visit brainvault.com and join the movement 
All right. Let's go ahead and talk about him. This is going to be selfish on my part. I apologize in advance. But remember, you can also check out FlexATX, FLXATX.com. Those district previews are out there getting you warmed up for the season. If you need to let us know who should be on the all-flex watch team, remember, the new watch team is going to get unveiled the week of July 24th. But, Zay, I figure we should talk about one guy right now because we're sitting on the Cowboys field. Last year this time, I was sitting on the Cowboys field talking to a hell of a local story named Deuce Vaughn. He was standing right over there in a badass suit looking ten times better than I could ever look. He was an incredible gentleman. It was an awesome interview. And what do you know? One year later, his next goal is to go to work with his dad a few times and find his way into this or that end zone at Jerry World. Deuce Vaughn, that's a flex success story right there. Yo, the Cedar Ridge product is an absolute star. He, thank goodness, we don't have to deal with him in Kansas State <laughs> like we had to these last three years. You sure you don't want another year? I'm good. I'm good, man. I know he gets all the Darren Sproles comparisons, which he should, especially being yep. a former Wildcat. But he wants to make his own name, and he's going to be in a very comfortable spot. Not many people say they can go play for their dad and work with their dad, so I know that's very special to him and yeah let's see if he could help out that very questionable running back room that the Dallas Cowboys have at the minute because mm-hmm. Ronald Jones all right I guess Malik Davis okay I guess can Tony Pollard recover from that injury that he had in the San Francisco game in the playoffs last year I think he can a lot of people think he's going to have a big time year and I think he could too and we all know at the end of the day it's what Dak Prescott brings to the table mm-hmm. Dak Prescott could show you what he can be and maybe get his team to Las Vegas on having a big time season and overthrow the Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers. We'll see. But Deuce Vaughn, I think he's going to be a big help. And, yeah, he might be low-key, Chad. He might be a very, very far, like as far out as you could go. Uh-huh. Up for rookie of the year. Oh, I wonder if that's just where you throwing were going it to go. out. Just throwing it out there. Let me tell you what. If if uh, if I can sign up for that right now, <laughs> let me sign up. You you don't need to tell me anything other than that. If you'll guarantee me that, I'll sign up for that for this Cowboy season right now. Uh, great point about the room, though. If you're a fan of the two big circus tents, Cowboys and Longhorns, you know a lot about 2023, but you're not dead set on those running back rooms. You don't. Pollard's the most consistent thing you know. We know right. that. But can he be a bell cow, though? Exactly. You have enough questions where there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, the other thing I'll say about Deuce Vaughn, and this will bring it back to one of your favorite guys I know as a Texas fan. Texas fans have every reason to love B. John Robinson. But last year, what he pulled off at Big 12 Media days was magic that dude showed up in a suit and actually you know what i think they were just rocking rocking the polos polos. you're right showed up in that polo last year with the hair looking perfect and he made everybody in here feel important it was incredible uh the other guy that stood out to me though was deuce vaughn just the way that it carries themselves it's one of the things you can get from these players as you watch you're looking for leadership you're looking for how you carry yourself you got to walk in here you got to shake the hands you got to get the dabs you got to talk to a bunch of total strangers that cover you that want to rip on you that want to criticize you that may not even know your name when you walk up and you got to deal with all of it so uh shout out to deuce vaughn though I i hope it's an incredible story but being back on this field just reminded me like wow a year later that dude's a cowboy that's yeah. so cool uh cedar ridge folks you uh, i know i don't have to tell you to love deuce vaughn but it's such a great story we thought we'd bring it up again uh flex segment at 1 30 every day so give me some thoughts on sunny dykes talking about his tcu team what jumped out to you 
Um, I like that he shouted out Gary Patterson. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, Sonny Dykes inherited a very good ball club in 2022, even though he let it <laughs> he let it be known that they were picked seventh last year from the media, fifth this year. So he doesn't mind being the underdog. Now, how about that line where he said, I'd have voted us lower than seventh? Yeah, I would have voted us lower than seventh. So somebody today needs to ask, where would you vote you this year, coach? Because I'm, I'm, I still don't know if he thought that five was an insult, but that was an interesting comment from from about last year. Yeah, very interesting. And thinking about Browse being in as an offensive coordinator and Garrett Riley leaving and the tempo that Browse is going to bring in when he was at Arkansas, seeing if he's going to put any of that into what Sonny Dykes wants to do with his offense in Fort Worth. But, yeah, I mean, nothing surprised me too much. Sonny Dykes, he's a professional. You know, he's a professional up there. Gave Yarmark a lot of love and a shout yeah. out shout out yeah get a little shout out I yeah tell him, man yeah he's rocking that what is that is that tcu purple the suit like it looks a little light because i know they have different purples oh yeah for sunny it's almost like they're doing that k-state vibe where they'll come up with that brighter yeah. purple for something yeah it's so sharp almost a lavender yeah you know we're yeah. getting a little fancy a little lavender light violet hey you went and played for that thing right over there you played for the national title trophy you might as well wear some fancy colors um also i'll give uh, i'll give coach credit for him giving the shout out to chuck carlton that's cool man uh, right. to, to be a member of the media and have a coach actually care enough about a legendary member uh, of our business and giving the the r.i.p mention to chuck carlton he's one of the legends one of the goats in our industry so shout out to that's his dad right there man that's a that that's something that spike would have done and Sonny is certainly his uh, his dad's kid uh that was cool to hear. But also, Zay, to that Kendall Bryles comment, uh, it made me it, – it, it focused me in on when I think of Kendall Bryles coming in, a lot of people want to go – they hear the name Bryles, and there's obviously some stuff off the field you might think of with his dad. But with football, what his dad did, what he does – spread you out every blade of grass but everybody loves to think about the passing part i always think of the running part and it's the first thing Sonny said he agrees kendall agrees with what i do we're going to be a physical running team spread you out make you guard everybody wide and then we're gonna gut you right up the middle that's what he wants to do the question is does he have the horses i'm interested in where this trey sanders story goes a transfer from alabama uh 4.6 a carry three years at alabama sounds like it might be important he was a former five star too and then the rest you know imani bailey and some other names that's a team that wants to run if kendall bryles gets that thing dialed up extra dangerous for the frogs but i think that's important to remind all the fans of because if texas is going to fort worth and getting that big win in november it's because they don't allow them to run the ball yeah and that's a trap game a lot of what these teams are going to do against texas this year is run the ball because they don't want to see that high-powered offense on the field the less that quinn yours and c sarkeesha's offense is on the field the better Mm -hmm. for these other teams that's why it's going to be huge for you know those dogs that are coming in brian Aaron Murphy, Travondre Sweat, you know, Baron Sorrell. You heard Jalen Ford today, and he has a mark on his back because he's probably thinking, man, I really got hoes for Defensive Player of the Year last year, yep. and the dude had over 118 tackles. So <laughs> what they're going to bring, Jaron Thompson, I don't think gets talked about enough. Darren Thompson was awesome last year. He was terrific at that safety spot. Just, you know, sometimes when you don't talk about guys and they're invisible, you think they're not producing. No, he just didn't do anything wrong. It just wasn't, you know, crazy stats that he put out there. Look for Jaron Thompson to have a huge year and a lot depends on Jalen Catalan's health 
Can the Arkansas big, yeah. uh, can the Arkansas transfer stay healthy? Because again, I make those Bob Sanders comparisons when he was playing for the Indianapolis Colts and winning Defensive Players of the Year. When you're that small and you play with that much reckless abandon, you're just throwing your body out there. You don't give a damn who you hit. Oh, you got a big old Jared Wiley type coming across the middle. I'm going to lay you out because this is my territory and nobody deserves any extra yards. When you have a player like that at Jalen Catalan's size, that makes me a little worried. But if you could get a healthy Jalen Catalan to go along with guys like Ryan Watts and, again, Jared Thompson, think about Gavin Holmes, the transfer from Wake Forest, Terrence Brooks coming into another year. The Horns, they got dudes. They got absolute dudes. And this defense, they could turn it up. Even though you don't have DeMarion Overshawn anymore, this defense should be able to turn it up and put a lot of pressure on opposing teams. And if they do that, then they should be in this stadium towards the end of the year. Two comments on your Jarrett Wiley thing. I love that, that thought because you put a picture in my head of a really important play in that game. Jarrett Wiley, Jalen Catalan. Who gets the best of that play? And the second thing I think of is, hey, Big 12 officials, make sure you're watching that play closely. Let me watch it. I'm just saying. Just yeah, that's the thing. Big, we're here. Every, everything seems cool. We're getting treated with love. I'm dapping people up, meeting mm -hmm. people I've never met before. Treating with love. You yeah. mean like being on the opposite 15-yard line oh, for the media the stuff? Again, you're right by the buffet line. Okay. You're All good. Right. You're right by the spreads. So I ain't tripping about it's that. It's like a half a mile yeah. away. There's like three malls in the <laughs> Dallas area between me and that, that, that booth right now. Right, right. Come on. But you always have to remind Horn fans, with this being the last year in the Big 12, when, which game, are you going to get hosed? Yeah. Are the refs are just turning the other way, turning the other cheek, got a blind eye. Oh, we ain't see that. My bad, Sark. You, don't, you never want to hear that from a ref. Yeah. When, well, you know, when the coach I goes to the sideline, I didn't see it. Like, my, I missed it. Like, thanks. We can't get it back. Appreciate it. I used to hate uh, other refs tell other coaches that. Like, we messed that. My bad, coach, patting the chest and stuff. We don't want to hear none of that. So you got to take care of your business so these refs – don't come in and muck stuff up for you. All right, we'll hit a break here, and then we'll come back and get you some Dana Holgerson. He's about to talk to the media, and he is rocking that classic hairdo. Gundy and Holgerson are meeting this year. That's fantastic. Uh, Holgerson comments coming up. We're at Big 12 Media Days at Jerry World. Don't move. This is the Horn. There we go. For whom the bell tolls. This would have been on the Metallica album I had you listened to, right? Yeah, this is on it. A little Ride the Lightning, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Great song. Uh, we'll see who the bell tolls for in the Big 12. That's a good one to get you fired up. They could play that for the Big 12 title game coming up here in December. Will Texas be a part of it? The media says it's Texas and K-State. We heard from Sonny Dykes earlier. He thinks it's going to be somebody in TCU, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, shout-out to all the folks making it possible. Shout-out to Derek and Cam and Jacob, our crew, getting us set up. Shout-out to Jack Farrell producing for us. Zay is sitting right next to me. Thanks to Isaiah Collier for his great work. Thanks to Craig and Jeff for being up here early. Uh, rolling light the tower getting all those great interviews um, and uh, also thank you to our 
Two great sponsors today. First off, Hay City Store. We've seen our man Travis today already. HayCityStore.com, at Hay City Store on social media. Get on out there. Uh, remember, if you're panicked, just say bacon, jam, burger, and enjoy. Easy money. Easy, easy money if you're into burgers. Also, uh, Big 12 Media Day coverage brought to you by One Source Gas of Austin. Yeah, usually I like to switch it up at Hay City Stores because they have so many uh, delicious items. But I've been going with the truck stop enchiladas these last few times. That's so good, too. Uh, it's tough to beat. Did you add the egg or leave it alone? I leave it alone. Okay. Because yeah. I've done it both ways, both good. Add the egg. Add it, add that fried egg to maybe go over medium or whatever you prefer there. Add that add that fried egg on top of the uh, enchiladas. Magic. Yo, man, your food recommendations today have been on point. You're talking about Chick-fil-A and what Quinn could do exactly. early in the first segment. Hey. And, wow. I've been very impressed. I'm here to help. You're putting me on game. Now, by the way, my Chick-fil-A idea earlier was to stay fit. What I just told you to do at Hay City Store is not to stay fit. A little fit. different, huh? It's a little bit different, yeah. yes. Be careful, be careful. All right, um, normally at this time of the show, we give you where we at in society. Uh, Zay is going to give his time to Dana Holgerson? Yeah. Okay. Before we give it to Dana, he looks like the villain of the next Anaconda movie. <laughs> That's a good call. That is, you see, he's got a little John Voight yeah, going on? Yeah, like a hefty okay. John Voight. So Zay is letting you know he thinks Brett Yormark has some Victor Maitland vibes going yep. today, and he thinks Dana Holgerson can be the villain in an Anaconda movie. Yeah, he has like an eight head <laughs> instead of a five, but he still has the party going on in the back with the mullet. It's a great look coming into the Big 12. The, great look. The, I respect it. The, el- the old eight head mullet for Dana Holgerson, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's hear from Dana Holgerson, the coach of the Houston Cougars, opening statement and maybe we'll grab that first question by the way here's my prediction i don't think this opening statement's gonna last near as long as dykes let's see well it's it's exciting to be the new guy again um you can tell that i'm one of the new guys when i got to follow up the national coach of the year here uh you know with with tcu and the run that they made last year but uh, we're, we're, you know, personally excited to be back. This is a, this is a special deal. Uh, been a part of the Big 12 Conference for 17 years. Uh, so, and, and been a part of this for, for seven years. Uh, you know, the last four years have been a little different for me, uh, being in the American Conference, and it uh, really makes you appreciate uh, a conference like the Big 12 uh, by now being back. This thing goes so many different directions. Uh, you know, the University of Houston has been looking forward to this day for a long, long time. We all know the history, you know, about 28 years ago when the Big 12, this great conference was formed, uh, and, and Houston not being a part of that. So I'm just proud to be at a university um, with great leadership from Dr. Renu Couture to Tillman Fertitta uh, to, uh, you know, just all the, the, the great people that, that, that drive this university. Chris Pesman, our athletic director, is here today as well. Uh, this has been a dream come true for a lot of Cougars for a long time. And uh, we're excited about being in the Big 12 and about what's going to come, uh, not only here this year, but for years to come. We'll take a question here, center right. Remember to state your uh, name and affiliation. <laughs> Coach Jared Armidas with Red Raider Sports. Could you just give us your first impressions on Donovan Smith and what kind of impact do you expect him to have this season? You know, you know, uh, I've been very impressed with with Donovan. Um, you know, he's he's played a lot of ball. You know, so he's played in 21 games. 
Uh, and I think that's important. You know, we lost a very seasoned quarterback in Clayton Toon. Uh, you know, he's been our guy for, for four years and has been uh, a model of consistency and, and, and just a, a, a model program player. Um, wish him all the luck in the, in the NFL, but that opens it up to who's next, you know. And I was talking with, with Andre Ware up there about this a minute ago. The University of Houston's had really good quarterback play over the years. You know, from, from Andre back in the day to David Klingler to Kevin Cobb to Case Keenum, who I coached. We, all right, now we're back to, to when I coached uh, Case for two years uh, in 08, 09, um, you know, and, and, then, and then Toon's a part of that conversation as well. So the expectations are high for, uh, uh, for Donovan, you know, but uh, I felt like it was important to bring a guy in with, this, with experience, with uh, uh, Big 12 experience. Um, you know, we, we did that at a number of other positions as well. Uh, but Don has been—he's—he's he's impressed me. I think his best days are ahead of him. Uh, you know, he's—he has only been playing quarterback for a couple of years, so you know he's—he's got—he's got the upper hand right now based on 21 games of experience. But Lucas Coley has been battling and is—is—is is, uh, is really competing hard, and he's got a lot of—a lot of good football ahead of him as well. We brought in a junior college uh, kid from California. Uh, Ui Ali, uh, who's uh, got got uh, lots of loads of potential, and uh, so we got some guys to choose from. But uh, you know, to answer your question, I've been impressed with Donovan. He's six foot five, two forty, and has has game experience in the Big Twelve. We'll go to a question here, center right. All right, Coach Lynn Harrington with Stay Alive and Power 5. How are you doing today? Very good. All right. So everyone knows the Houston area is a big recruiting hotbed. I mean, you got teams like LSU coming from the SEC that's always invading the area for prospects. With Houston now being in the Big 12, do you think that gives you a recruiting advantage moving forward? Well, it certainly can't hurt. Um, you, you mentioned one school. Uh, there's approximately 64 other schools that are in Power 5 football as well. I mean, it's coast to coast, man. I mean, the one advantage that you have at, at Houston is it's the most centrally located, uh, you know, city, one of them, you know, in the United States. Uh, so the, the good news is, is we have 6 million people that we have to choose from. Uh, the bad news is every other school in the country is coming to Houston as well. There's a lot of good places out there. You know, we have 13 other schools in the Big 12 that are awesome institutions and have, have great, uh, great advantages in, in each of their own way. But there's, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's four other Power 5 schools, out, uh, conferences out there that, that all come to Houston. So, you know, our, our deal is, you know, three of the four young men that I have here with me today are, are Houston-based. You know, they're three kids that grew up in Houston, could have went other places and chose to stay. Uh, at the University of Houston. I think that's going to happen more uh, when it comes to being able to uh, talk Power 5 and talk Big 12. Uh, it's certainly going to uh, help. Uh, by no means is it going to be a slam dunk just because we're now in the Big 12. Center right. 
Dana Holgerson, the coach of the Houston Cougars. Oh, man. That's a great line. They asked about LSU, and you know there's 64 other teams yeah, coming. There's a to- lot more other teams <laughs> trying to get all these Houston players. H-Town, that's fantastic. Uh, also, the comment on Donovan Smith, that's a key name for him this year. Can Donovan Smith show some of the stuff that he did at Texas Tech at Houston? Yeah, especially what he did against the Longhorns when they went up to Lubbock. I know everybody remembers B. John Robinson's fumble, but I remember Donovan Smith looking like like the man. Yeah. So if he could bring any of that energy in the U of H, then they could surprise some people. But it's not just him. He's battling out with Lucas Cooley, who is a sophomore quarterback there. So I expect there to be a little quarterback battle once, you know, the season starts. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think Donovan Mitch or Donovan Smith, excuse me, it's his job to lose. Did you hear that big hunk of truth at the beginning to how big this is for U of H? He said, hey, after hanging out in the American Conference, I am glad had to be in a conference like the Big 12. That's just, you know, that you could look at that as mean, or I just look at that as flat honesty. And remember, he's done this before. When he was at West Virginia, he knows what it's like to come to a G5 from a G5 into a Power 5. Houston's been looking forward to it. He also threw the history in. Yeah, you know, back in the day when they formed the Big 12, Houston was not a part of it. Yep. You don't think Cougars have been talking to him about that over and over there. again? Plus, he dropped the Andre Ware name. That wasn't an accident either. You know, I was just talking to Andre Ware earlier. <laughs> They're all quarterbacks. In our hu- by the way, I'm Cobb, Case Keenum. He's by, bringing up all the H-Town goats. By the way, I don't know what happened on that technical thing with the microphone. I honestly think the person running the mic thought he was going to some kind of bit when he said Kevin Cobb and shut him off. Uh, Kevin Cobb fans, I'm sorry about that. I feel like they shut him off and thought he was making a joke or something. But apparently something was just going on with that microphone. All right, coming up, we'll get you a 2 o'clock hour here. We'll see if anybody drops by. Oklahoma State is in the house. We are efforting Mike Gundy as we have the last couple years we are hoping that zay's presence the magic of isaiah collier will draw mike gundy over here because he's never seen anything this handsome sitting at the table Yo, we both got tight cuts ready for big 12 media day we're hoping i got right? edged up yesterday it looked like he got edged up a, uh, a couple of days ago ready to go if the two of y'all can just compare hair care thoughts that'll make my day hopefully that comes up in the two o'clock hour uh, and remember later on four o'clock hour we're hoping xavier worthy can jump on with uh rod and Hart. And Patrick for Ball Don't Lie. Also, 325 Longhorn fans is when Steve Sarkeesian hits the big podium and talks to the assembled media. If you missed the interviews from earlier in the day, go to hornfm.com and check it all out. Uh, the guys on Light the Tower got Sark and all five Texas players that are here for Big 12 Media Days. More coming up on the Horn.